Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor training video gaming road to fitness. Used famously by riders in the pro peloton, Zwift is changing the game for indoor training. Structured workouts, group rides, races over endless kilometers of road. Get after your fitness training goals with Zwift. Learn more at Zwift.com to start your free seven-day trial. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. And uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download and stream or even subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF, or by scheduling a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Joining me today, you see him on the camera if you're watching this podcast, because it's actually recorded and uh, video uh, edited by our lovely crew, uh, it's Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, I am very happy it is the second rest day because I feel like we've broken the back of this race as much as we love it. You look forward to Paris, don't you? And, you know, look behind us. Today's the day you do your laundry. <laughs> You're in your own element here because you are Mr. Laundry of the whole crew. But even, but even if you love laundry as much as I do, you do have days where you just don't want to do it. And, you know, it was one of those things. It was the Sky, Team Sky press conference or the laundry and I, I didn't draw the short straw. I was sort of quite happy to do the laundry. And then everyone gave me their bags and there's some smelly bags, I must say. So I'm starting, at this point, I'm actually starting to wish I'd gone to the sky presser. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, because you can see, if you're watching this, uh, this on, on video behind us, uh, we are pretty much occupying every single machine of this laundry. We've taken over this little village uh, with our dirty clothes. And, and I feel like we're, uh, we're in a scene out of Pulp Fiction where we're literally down to our We've got no clothes left, so we've had to borrow some because literally all of my work clothes and yours, as you can see, are in the machine. So the sooner we get it done, the sooner we can look a bit more pro again. Yeah, I'm not wearing this T-shirt by uh, choice. It's actually my last T-shirt. <laughs> right, OK. Uh, a rest day is very important for uh, the body to recover, uh, also to do your laundry. What does it do for the, the riders? What are they doing today other than press conferences? Yes, press conferences, some are doing them in the morning, some are waiting till the very end of the day. Uh, Actually, why is that? Why, why, is some team, why are some teams prefer to do it in the morning and then are they doing a ride after that? Or have they already done a ride? And why are the teams, uh, I can't remember which one, but there's some of them are like five or six o'clock. Yes, correct. I think Mitchelton Scott are in the afternoon. I do know from, from previous years, Team Sky, I think their riders and the management prefer to just get it out of the way in the morning. And then it's done and it's out of their head and the riders then can switch off, go for a bike ride, get massages. They don't do much. They, they, you sit around in the hotel, um, you, you just try and relax, sleep. You get a good one-hour massage or more physio if you need it, if you've had some little niggling injuries. Um, and just generally try and switch off for the day. Some, some of the riders will have their partners turn up and, you know, just have a bit of family time as well just depends where you are and uh but it is just a day to reboot and then go right we've got you know six big days to go yeah Alain Philippe yesterday actually in, in the press conference in French said there's only one thing is is he cannot wait for is having a coffee with his wife yeah that's right it's it's you do and as much as we all will we we're all here and we love the sport and you love the race but even the riders just want to zone out from it even if it's just for one hour of the day what would be the ride they would go through 
uh, is it something just to get the, mu the, the, the muscles still churning out a little bit of uh, lactic acid and, uh, and just getting them still moving and make sure they're not cramping tomorrow? Yes, you have to, you've got to keep the body ticking. You cannot stop, so you need to ride. It depend, each rider has a personal preference, but because of the science that comes, has come into it in the last, obviously, 10 years, you'd have some of the coaches saying, telling the riders, this is how far you're riding today, like we need you to go this far. And then other teams would say, it's up to you, but you, you've got to do something. So anything from an hour and a half to three hours, I'd think, maximum, some riders and some teams will actually go up a climb because obviously we're heading into the Pyrenees, so they actually just want to keep the legs switched on. They wouldn't be going hard, I wouldn't imagine, but they just do enough to keep the body ticking over. Oh, Zwift as well. Absolutely. And, you, and, and jokes aside, they would, be, and they have done, because on some rest days it's pouring rain. And so they don't, you're not going to go out riding in the rain. So they'd sit on, on indoor trainers. Yeah, it's not just a shameless plug. Uh, we, uh, no, no. we also have a substance in this, yeah, uh, in this podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and yourself, are you doing a bit of sport uh, other than carrying Tomo's uh, smalls? Uh, yeah, yeah, Tomo's washing. Yeah, no worries. No worries, Mr. Anchorman. Um, We've we taken care of your, if you're watching this, uh, Tomo, you've got a special machine for yours. We shared everything, but you have a special machine just for yourself. Yeah, he has. He had, no, no, credit to Tomo. He's at, he's at the Sky Presser and he probably didn't need to be there, but Tomo loves it. He, and he wanted to see the commotion. And can we just touch on the Sky well, Presser? I, I was going to bring on this. Sky Presser is probably the place to be today, not this laundry, uh, because there is a bit of uh, things happening at Sky. There is. Obviously, the leadership, the, the debate about that and whether or not Geraint Thomas will carry that yellow all the way to Paris. But then, overnight, and at the, well, at the end of the stage, and I must give credit to Sophie Smith because... The, the real journalist in her, she's been on to a lot of these stories as they've have broken, as a print journal, because that's what she's pro predominantly done in the past. And she messaged, I think, sort of late last night, she was out, I think she was out with another crew catching up, and she said, oh, my goodness, Gianni Moscon has been DQ'd from the race, so the Team Sky rider, the Italian, uh, for punching another rider, we believe. It's not the first time he's been in hot water He's been DQ'd from a race for a racial slur, I believe, and, and one other incident as well. So it's the third strike for him uh, in his pro career, at least. And, but this one, he's been DQ'd from the Tour de France. You know I'm a bit of a conspiracy uh, theorist. Uh, is this good for Sky or not? Is that a diversion that Sky may need in the last week? Well, it, it's one or the other, isn't it? They're either, their heads have just exploded <laughs> and so they're not really happy with Moscon at the moment or they're like, OK, you're a bad boy. But thank you. But actually, you've just created a bit of a diversion. I don't think so. I think it's going to give them a, more of a headache because you can imagine now at the press conference, and it's happening as we speak, the questions will be all about the leadership to both Chris and Geraint and Dave Brailsford. And then, of course, I'd imagine... They're going to hound them a little bit on the Johnny Moscon, even though he's been ejected from the race, even though he's released a video um, from, well, Team Sky, sorry, you're about to correct me there, and you're right, it was Team Sky who released a video of him on camera apologising. He had to do it, though. He had to do that. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, sincere. Well, no, because I don't think he, he looked very sincere in it. He looked very scripted, and it looked like he was checking a bit of a notes on the, le so the left-hand side. So, albeit no, uh, not everyone is media savvy, mm. but still, just in his eyes, we couldn't really feel that that came from his heart, you know. But yeah. I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist as well. No, you're right. You're right. And if Sky... 
That, yeah, and I, I think the best way for Sky to approach that, if they get questioned, is say, yes, we told him to. You know, he's realised he's done a silly thing. We don't think it's set in yet. Um, so, no, I think you're right. Um, but the question, and look, it's not a big question at the moment because we're talking about the bike race, but Johnny Moscon is a super talent. And Matt Keenan made a post on social media, and I agree with Matt. He's a super talent. If he wasn't, Team Sky would show him the door. And they won't, they probably won't show him the door. They'll protect him. And you've got to question three strikes of similar scenarios. He's obviously got some anger management issues. And this is being serious for a moment. That They either need to be addressed or Sky need to show him the door. And, you know, three strikes, that's, that's a lot, I think. What else, uh, if we just concentrate on what's been happening for the last two weeks, what what do you remember for this tour so far? Uh, because there's been there's been a lot of things happening over the last couple of weeks. The first thing, as you came to my mind, as you said that, the first thing that popped into my head because I thought, oh, what will I say? It has to be Richie Port for me being crashing out and the disappointment. For I think more than this, if I can just interject and uh, put an idea in your head, it's not just uh, that's what I do, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's my job. Uh, but, interjecting <laughs> and putting stuff in your head as well. But the idea of uh, Port, yeah, being out of this race, but also looking so good at the beginning, you know, like this idea that is is properly a missed opportunity because of this crash. Yes, look. Our editor, Mark Fallahay, who's on his 16th Tour de France. Mark knows. And he's a legend. He's a legend. He's an absolute legend. He makes us all look good, doesn't he, with his, with his editing skills. Um, he, knows, he knows a lot about cycling. He's got very good knowledge. And he said to me, we're sitting at dinner, and he said, do you think Richie would have been right there at this point? And I said, 100%. I believe he would have been about 20 seconds ahead of Chris Froome. So he would have been in that similar position. So he still would have been about a minute 10 behind Geraint Thomas, but he would have been well within striking distance as we go into the Pyrenees. I believe it would have been the same for him 12 months ago. So it's two big missed opportunities and, and through no fault of his own, really. Um, just, you know, just bad mishaps, bad crashes. I know we can't just go back on if, but imagine what that tour would have been then because Dumoulin would have been there as well. Then we would have a, a four-way leadership battle, but with, with uh, Richie in between the two, uh, in a sky sandwich, basically. Yes, yeah. So, look, that, that, that's the big talking point. But I think we, we do need to move on from it. We, it's good to mention it, and, and I guess... You're bringing it on. I know, I brought it on. <laughs> so, come on, move on. Um, but I think the other ones... Look, I, I'll tell you who's been impressive. Um, Primoz Roglic. Roglic has been super. I mean, the day into Mons, a couple of days ago, he broke away, took, took eight seconds. No one... I, don't, I think the only person that maybe could have gone with him was Geraint Thomas. He chose not to. He rode smart and conservative, protected the yellow, didn't, didn't uh, open himself up to attacks. But Roglic was impressive. He's now in the fourth place overall. And I think the other thing as a whole, just the big names that have pulled out or, or abandoned this race from crashes or, or time cuts, the sprinters and then riders like uh, Vincenzo Nibali. So there's... It's never without drama, is it, the race? Yeah, and then uh, just overnight as well, the organisation has banned flares uh, on the course for this. Yeah, so there will be no flares in, uh, uh, in the Pyrenees. And I know some of the viewers, because we had a huge reaction on Twitter when we posted those videos of the flares, some of you would be happy. What do you think of this, actually, banning the flares from the side of the roads? Oh, well, you know what? I think the fans' reactions, and you can understand, straight away they go, oh, football hooliganism, it's making its way into cycling. We were there, we were on Alpe d'Huez, and we were you know, puffing our way through the, the flares. 
I thought it was fantastic. Although we haven't, we didn't have, even if we were steep, we didn't have a heart rate at 180 uh, and breathing our lungs out. Yeah, we weren't racing. It'd be interesting to see what the riders would say. I think some riders would say, yeah, ban them. I think others would say harmless. It was harmless. No one was going crazy. The, the, we saw the people, the, in particular, the individuals who were lighting the flares. They weren't being, they weren't doing anything silly. They were putting them in spots, you know, just on the edge of the road, stuff like that, before the race even came along. No, I think it added. I think it added an element, and the, the 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 shots of the cameras, the live pictures. My goodness, it made it look like they were going into you know a war zone. Absolutely, and uh, it must also be said that they were not football flares with a big fiery. Yes. Uh, they were more smoke. They were more smoking flares. So I'm not a flare specialist uh, whatsoever. <laughs> you Maybe sound like you are. You because I wouldn't have known the difference. But I've been to football matches where the flares were very raging fire. This wasn't. They were just a smoky flare. Uh, now I haven't thrown any flare. You're and a Melbourne Victory fan, aren't you? No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. You're from the other side of the river in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the flares will be banned in uh, the PNS. I think it's a debate we can have. Uh, so feel free to, uh, on either of our Twitter or the Cycling Central Twitter, uh, comment on this. If you agree, disagree, uh, we'll take everything, basically. Uh, we, uh, do, that, that's what we do. Uh, any other things that you remember in these this last two weeks that uh, come to mind other than Richie? I mean, it's got to be, and we talked a bit about it, but this, this, this leadership battle, you know, where are we at two weeks in, we've got Geraint Thomas in yellow and Froome just breathing down his neck on from scale because if he was anybody else one minute 30 from from you'd go done it's but because from is one minute 30 from guns you go whoa you go whoa but then you say but he's a teammate and they're friends supposedly so you don't and they keep they keep remembering their friends yes. that's what they do in press conferences they say yeah we've got a very amicable relationship i'd love to see footage of them at breakfast table having a laugh because i haven't seen this yes and and i've been look i've been using my english contacts to try and get some intel in, in the media world and I know a few ex-riders who I raced against who are, you know, do similar jobs to us here they don't know either they don't know, they think there's been a little bit of tension in terms of tactics on a couple of the stages, Froomey attacking or G doing this or that but they said we don't know we don't know and I think for the riders even, to, to be fair, Froomey and Garrett Thomas have never been in this situation either so I'm not sure if they're so I think they're dealing with it as best they can. Well, from us, we've... Uh, oh, we go. Yeah, yeah we, we go. But they, yeah, but they hated each other's guts and their partners hated each other's guts too because they had a public spat on social media if we cast our minds back. I mean... We still have a week to go. And, and it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, it all would be interesting, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. How much do you think uh, Bresford is actually stirring it behind the scenes, you know, whispering in in, uh, in in G's ear going, you can do this, and maybe whispering in, in Froome's ear going, we got your back? I don't... I make him sound like he's the devil, but yeah, a, that's, that's a DS sort of role. You do. I, I don't... I really don't actually think he'd be like that. I think he'll, he'll have a favourite, absolutely, and I guess for some reason I think it's Garrett Thomas, but I... For no other, I have no proof of that. I'm just saying it. Um, You're allowed to have an opinion, you know. Yes, yeah. So, so that that would be the only part. But I think he'd actually play the business line. And, and at the end of the day, he won't look. I, I think Brailsford is a, a great communicator. I think he's a very good manager. Um, so I think he'll he will be professional about it. And at the end of the day, he wants a sky jersey standing on the podium, the top step in Paris. And that's you can't lose track of that because goes back to your Dutch proverb, uh, what is it, two dogs fight over a stick, the third dog ends up getting it, and that's, you know, the Dutchman or Roglic even. And 
there's talk about nasty weather in the Pyrenees, so the race could be turned on its head in the next few days. So we can uh, reuse this uh, sentence from Jens Voigt, uh, podium or, or hospital? Podium or hospital, as Jens Voigt puts it. <laughs> How good is this saying? I, I love it. Uh, we love Jens, actually. Uh, let's have a look at uh, what's coming up, actually, in the Pyrenees in the next few days. Uh, and we start with... Uh, quite a strong uh, stage to come out from the uh, from the rest day uh, we should check out our laundry as well uh, oh, mine's done mine's done <laughs> okay yeah, well, uh, well we'll finish this and then i'm, I'm getting anxious though, so <laughs> come on chop chop well because of the crease that you may get on your shirt <laughs> exactly yes i do fold my washing all right oh, okay Concentrate on cycling, please. Okay. Uh, people are here for cycling. Uh, this uh, stage that we've got uh, coming up straight after the, uh, the race day, we start in Carcassonne, where we finished uh, a couple of days ago, and then we go to Bagnères de Luchon. It's a beautiful area. You're going to think I've been on holidays everywhere in this country, but I've been on holidays in Luchon. At 14 years old, it was boring when you're 14. Yes. But uh, now it looks beautiful because I'm 42. It's, it is beautiful. And we've had a few stage finishes there over the years. Michael Rogers won here, I believe, in Bagnes de Luchon. Came off the mountain with uh, Thomas Vockler and, and uh, bro uh, broke away in the end, soloed in. Big day, three mountain passes, Category 2, Category 1, Category 1, and, well, two Cat 4s at the start, but they won't, that won't have any bearing. That'll have a bearing on the breakaway getting away. So it's a... Big day first up. It's not a monster mountain day, though, I don't think. Um, and it finishes downhill. So the descent's fairly technical. So we'll see something. We'll see something happen. I'm not sure if it'll shake it up. I think the couple of days after that will, because then the legs are tied. However, it is a long day, uh, 218 kilometres. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a long stage on top of two weeks of racing. I'm going to have to ask you for a pick on this one. You know mine. It's probably Bardet. Uh, I'm probably wrong as well uh, because he's been struggling on this thing. But just the, just the fact that there's a, a, a downhill finish, this could favour someone like Bardet. It could favour someone like Bardet. Um, I'm actually going to go with a breakaway, though. And I'm not sure how he's going. Someone like Alexis Villemoz yeah. or Pierre Latour. I'm not sure Pierre Latour might be too close on the general class. I mean, he's white jersey as well. Yeah, he is. So... But I'm thinking a rider like that who can climb. They're not climbing with the best, but and they but they're down. Or I tell you who else I think, and it would be a fantastic stage, and they're desperate for one. Adam Yates. He's lost time deliberately. He lost that initial amount of time just because he couldn't follow, and then he realised I'm out for GC. I might as well lose 15 minutes, and then it gives me the opportunity to go in a breakaway. So, do you, do you think that was intentional? Yes. Really? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Not not initially. Not initially. He was riding for general classman. Absolutely. But then after he lost that sort of three, four minutes or five minutes, he specifically sat up. On Alpe d'Huez, he sat up, deliberately lost time. And post that into Mond, he lost time as well, I think. Because now all he needs to do, he's got to recover. And he knows if he comes into the Pyrenees fresh, he just needs one big day. They'll let him go on the breakaway. And he's one of the best climbers in the world, Adam Yates. I mean, he's finished fourth in the Tour de France. So he is actually probably my pick. And there is also a little uh, detour by Spain as well. That's the only detour we're doing out of France. Not for much, I think for a few kilometres, we, but we can say we're going to Spain. Yes, the race doesn't go into Spain, but we do. We have an overnight stop, so that'll be nice. Absolutely. Okay, and... Uh of course, after this, the one we want to mention, I'm turning the page of the, uh, uh, the little roadbook we have. We have this 
stage that everyone has been talking about. It's a 65K stage. Uh, I mean, that's going to be unreal. They're going to do a start, a bit like Formula One start with the jerseys at the top. Yes. Uh, and 65, that's going to be electric. Do they have to, I wonder if they have to like run across the road and collect their bikes. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Like the, uh, what is it, the Mons? Uh, Le Mans, the, like in, in, in the old days. Yeah. Um, now, this is, this is going to be incredible because they go up three major climbs, mountaintop finish in 65 kilometres. I don't think we've ever had this in the Tour de France. So this is unique for everyone, the riders, management, us, the media. We're sort of already deciding without having a good look that we probably won't send a crew to the start of the stage because you won't make it to the finish in time. Um, and obviously we get this... The, the, the start of the stage footage, we, we throw it into the live show. We won't be able to. So it's going to be, it's going to be technically, it's going to be logistically uh, challenging, but gee, it's going to be an exciting stage. It's a later start. I think it's a three o'clock start or something. So I think it'll be one of the best stages of the bike race. How much prep do you think the riders have done for something like this? Because like you say, it's new for you. It's new for the management. It's definitely super new for the riders as well. So how much prep? Well, here we go again. They'll be on the Zwift beforehand. They'll be on. They'll be on trainers literally uh, before the start. I would say most teams will be on trainers. The riders will be on trainers, warming up, because they go straight up a climb, straight out of the blocks. They're straight up a climb, up up a category one, 14 kilometres, averaging 6.7%. So it's not, you know, it's a it's a solid climb. So. No, it's, it's got all the home. And this could have the biggest gaps of the bike race. I was going to say that because even though the distance is quite small, it's going to be so electric that we can have some huge gaps created in there. It, 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 we'll have to wait to see the aftermath and we'll discuss it afterwards. If that is the case, it opens the debate for a shorter stages across the board in the bike race doesn't it it opens that up it opens that door for multiple sort of hundred kilometer stages you know six or seven hundred kilometer stages in in um you know tour de france's in the future i know uh, by uh, by fact that uh, aso is discussing this uh, they're discussing that they want should we have lo- uh, more shorter uh, should we have shorter stages spread across the tour yeah, it's look. It's been a debate, and there's deba- the debate about having, you know, making a grand the Tour de France two weeks instead of three. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There's too much money involved. I think, to be honest, you know, blatantly honest, and fair enough. They're they're not a charity, Tour de France. They're they're a private company who who you know need to earn money and and pay pay their staff. So that extra week, they obviously get more money from the government, more money from sponsors, etc. TV rights, all that. So I'm not sure if that'll happen, but certainly shorter stages. Absolutely. So we're not going to go into all the stages because uh, otherwise you won't listen to the next podcast that we yeah, will we'll do. Keep you hanging. We're going to keep you hanging. Just dangle the carrot a little bit. But I thought that was important that we mentioned the next two stages. So the one tomorrow and then certainly the 65k, uh, 65 kilometers stage uh, and then all the way to Paris. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to ask you for a pick. And we start, I know we're doing all this tipping competition stage by stage. And I'm not asking you as a commentator. I'm asking you as an ex-rider, as an ex-professional. Who's going to win this thing? Okay, my... It's a tough one. I'm going to go with Tom Dumoulin. I, I just changed my mind then in a split second. I was going to say Garrett Thomas, but no. I'm going to go with Tom Dumoulin, and he's going to win it in that final time trial on the penultimate stage. He's going to be within striking distance, and he's going to win it with 
one of the best time trials that he's ever done in his life. He'll have to ride the time trial of his life to win it, though. And what we want is a gap that is less than eight seconds, because in history, that's the smallest gap that ever happened at the Tour de France. That was Laurent Fignon and Greg Lemon, or Greg Lemon and Laurent Fignon, I should say, 1989. I know my yes, history. Well There's not even a note. I know my history. Uh, if we can have even something even shorter than this, we will be writing history. Oh, it'll be... Yeah, and it could happen. It absolutely could happen. Uh, and then you know what would happen? Both, well, Garrett Thomas, Chris Froome, or maybe Primrose Roglic, they'll be sprinting to the intermediate sprints on the final stage because the seconds will count. So that was another question on this. If this happened, that gentleman agreement that you do not attack the yellow jersey oh, on the last stage, by the window. It's game on. It's game on. It, absolutely. Game on. Look, even the... Uh, uh, you know, he's, it's a dirty word in pro cycling, Lance Armstrong. But when Lance and Jan Ulrich were close, they were within a minute. Or Ulrich was within a minute of Armstrong. They sprinted to the first sprint on the, on the stage of the Champs-Élysées. You know, it was crazy. And that was like a – it was 50-odd seconds, I think. So, you know, he wasn't going to beat Lance. But they both sprinted, and it was hilarious because neither of them could sprint. And you just had these two guys flapping at about 32 kilometres an hour <laughs> for, for sprint bonuses. It was quite funny. That's quick. Check it out on YouTube, actually, yeah. if you can. Uh, thank you, Dave. I think your uh, laundry is ready. Oh, I've got to go. Do, yeah. And yeah, I've got to sort out Tomo's as well. Absolutely. Uh, it was uh, great to have you in this podcast, as usual. Uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or even subscribe. And I, and I emphasize on the subscribing on this podcast because then all of a sudden you're getting the updates straight away on your mobile phone or your mobile device in the morning. You don't even have to search for it. Uh, so subscribe if you can. It's from our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or from uh, our lovely friends at Zwift until uh, the, the next uh, podcast, which will be tomorrow morning because we deliver every morning by 7 o'clock. It's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.